Hello, good morning, guys, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Touring with God. My name is Tony with an I, and I am your host. And today we're going to be talking about perfection. But before we jump into the Word of God, as always, we're going to start off with a word of prior. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, we just want to give you thanks. We thank you, Father God, for the roof above us. We thank you, Father God, for food on our table. We thank you for friends. We thank you for our jobs, Father God, whether the jobs we already have or the ones you are about to release to those that are in need of a job. We thank you, Father God, that you hear our prayers and that you answer them. Even before we pray, your word says you've already heard us, almighty God. And for that, we give you thanks. We ask you now, Father God, that you go before this podcast, that you speak to the hearts and the minds of your people, that we will learn today, Father God, what it is that you are asking of us as your people when you ask us to live a life of perfection. We give you glory, honor, and praise and And we love you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Once again, guys, thank you for joining me for another episode of Touring with God. My name is Tony with an I and I am your host. Now today, we're going to actually learn to move past religion. And we're going to get to a point where we understand why we need to live a life of commitment to God. And in doing so, Honor Jesus's words in Matthew 5 verse 48, which reads, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. When we live our lives to honor and to serve God with reverence for his word, we end up serving and honoring, yes, and even loving our pastors, our friends, our parents, and even our enemies. Now, I understand that none of us are perfect. None of us can live a life that is flawless and perfect, not the life that Jesus did. However, Jesus himself asked us that we should live our lives to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. Now understand, the lack of perfection does not mean we should continue to use that as an excuse to sin. Once again, the lack of perfection is not an excuse to sin. Now let's see what the scripture says about sin. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear you. Yes, that's what it just said. Our sins have hid his face from us, that he will not hear us. In other words, our sins create an hindrance in the line of communication between us and God. Therefore, we need to consistently repent. Now, examples of sins, according to the scripture that stops God from hearing us, 
are Mark 11:25 and 1 Peter 3, 7. Now I am sure there's so many other scriptures, but we are looking at these two as an example today. Mark 11:25 reads, and whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you of your trespasses. Now, where did we learn this? We learned this in the Our Father prior. And that is an example of how we are to pray. And it tells us that we as we seek forgiveness, should forgive those that have trespassed against us. And here again, we are reading that unforgiveness can be a hindrance to our own forgiveness when we go to God in prayer. Now, 1 Peter 3 and 7, it says, Likewise, husbands, live your lives so that you are in an understanding way with your wives, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are hearers with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Once again, husbands, the life that you live should show honor to your wife, the woman that is the weaker vessel, so that your priors may not be hindered. So we see here unforgiveness is a hindrance. And we also see here that husbands, yes, this is a word for the husbands today. If you do not live in a way where you live a life where you honor your wife, then your priors will be hindered. Now let's jump back into our topic because we still need to figure out how is it that we're going to live this perfect life that excludes us from these sins because it seems as though, as far as we understand, we're not perfect. So how are we going to live according to what Jesus is asking us to do here in Matthew 5 and verse 48? Once again, the scripture reads, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And this is Jesus speaking to us. Where do we find the solution for this? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're going to jump to Romans 6 verse 15 to 23. And it reads, what then? Are we to sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourself to anyone as slaves, I'm sorry, we're going to redo that, rewind, we're going to start over, that was a mistake. What then? Are we to sin because we're not under the law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourself to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either to sin or which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you were once slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once were presenting your members of 
or your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regards to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit that you get leads to sanctification and it ends in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now that's a whole mouthful right there. But if we break it down and truly understand, first of all, I want to make it clear that it says here because of our natural limitations. So already it is being made clear that we have limitations to perfection. So yes, we will not be perfect people, but or aim and our desires are to be geared towards righteous living which in turn lead us to being like our heavenly father and in doing so we continue to strive for the perfection that Jesus is asking of us in Matthew 5. Now it says here that when we lived a life of sin we lived that life of sin wholeheartedly we were partying drinking if you were doing drugs you were doing every drugs you could find underneath the sun and even if you weren't doing them all you were doing some drugs you had no business doing you were sleeping in places you had no business sleeping whether it's that you were unmarried or you are married and sleeping with someone that is not your husband or your wife when we are living our lives for our fleshly desires, we do have we don't have any regards for righteousness. Righteousness is the last thing on our mind. This is what we are to do when we flip the script. When we start living our lives to please the Almighty God and we are living righteously, we are to do the same thing for sin. We are to turn our back on sin. And we are to go wholeheartedly with our passion for the things of Christ. Now, that's a big issue for many people because we've become so accustomed to living our lives in a sinful way. We assume that it is almost impossible to move past that and to do the things that are right in the sight of God. I need you to understand something. When you were a slave to sin, you were a slave to the enemy. You were a slave to the devil. He comes to steal, devour, and destroy. And the word of God teaches us that sin leads to death which is exactly what the enemy wants from you. Yes, it may not be physical death in the moment that you sing, but this is a spiritual death. So therefore, what's happening here is that our flesh is being satisfied. And as our flesh is satisfied, we are spiritually dying to the things of God. And we have now given over ourselves to eternal Dalmatian. That's it. It's done. It's over. We have decided that, hey, you know what? 
I don't care what Jesus thinks. I really don't care what God thinks. I'm just enjoying myself. And this is the one life I have to live. And if I'm sinning, I'm going to go all out and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Now, you probably didn't say that because, I mean, I never said that. But in all honesty, that's what we were doing when we were sinning and enjoying what we were doing while we were sinning. Now, in the same way that we did that and we served our flesh and we served the enemy, when we come to serve God, we lay these sinful desires aside. And that sometimes looks like having to walk away from things that you desire, that you know are not pleasing to God. So let's say you're struggling with a sin and let's say, let's pick one of the biggest trip ups that we have. Immorality, sexual immorality. You're unmarried, for example, and you have this desire or there is a lust that is within you. You want to have sex outside of marriage and it is hard for you to wait because I mean, who's waiting these days, right? That's basically what everybody else is doing. I want you to understand that the everybody else that is doing this are people that are not living their lives in complete surrender to God. You have to think that this thing that your flesh so eagerly desires is a sin. And we are not moving according to what the people of the world are doing. We are moving according to the word of God. So therefore, if his word says we are not to fornicate, we have got to take to God in prayer. Whatever this struggle is, once again, I influence you to have a communication, a relationship, a prior life with God. For this struggle, my dear, is not just yours. The battle is not just for you. You have a loving father and redeemer. You need to go before God, express to him what your struggle is. Ask the Holy Spirit to move on the inside of you to cleanse you of these impure thoughts and to cleanse the deep hidden places sometimes you think you're over it until something happens and you're like whoa where did that just come from in that moment do not be ashamed or afraid to go back before god and say hey god listen so there is this thing that i thought i got rid of that i did not get rid of and i'm asking you holy spirit to dwell on the inside of me make my heart your home rid me of these things so that i may fully serve you and i understand guys sometimes it takes time it may not be an overnight process but in the same way you were able to do everything else i promise you you are able to say no to your flesh and yes to the will and the word of the almighty God. So we have to stay focused on what the word of God is asking us to do. And how else will we know that unless we pick up the Bible and we read the word. Now I'm here and we go over scriptures and we go over stories from the Bible, but I will not be able to tell you everything at every moment you need to hear it. And this is why you need the word of God embedded on the inside of your heart so that when the time comes, you can pull on that word and remember what it is God is asking of you. 
So once again, we're going to die to the desires of our flesh. We're going to put those things aside. We used to do them. And if it means I have to fight with every fiber in my being to say no to the thing that is a sin, that is what we are going to do. When you were living in the world, if the rain was falling or the sun was shining and there was a party that you wanted to go to, you were going to arrive you were going to get there. You were probably going to stay there until the people had to tell you to go home because the venue is about to close in the same way that you lived fearlessly when you were living in sin. I need you to do the same thing for Christ. I need you to turn your back on sin. And sometimes you're going to have to fight, but it is a fight for your eternal life. We are turning away from sin because we know that it leads to eternal death and we are turning to righteous living so that we may inherit eternal life with Jesus. Now, did I say that we may inherit? I I think that's what I said. The word just sounds so weird. Okay, anyway. So now when we mess up, which we will, We will sin. We are not perfect. We've established that. But we've also established that imperfection is not an excuse to sin. But when we sin, we're going to take the necessary steps to get back on track with God. These steps look like remembering, first of all, that the wages of sin lead to death and separation from your heavenly father. I need you to write that in your head. Do not forget that sin, the wages, the payment for sin is death. Maybe once again, not physical death, although it very well might be, I don't know. But we know that spiritual death is the result of this sinful nature and Sin separates us from our heavenly father. So we're going to remember that the second thing we're going to do is repent. And we're going to live in a state of constant repentance where we are constantly going before God and we are repenting of our sins. By repenting, I'm not just talking about asking for forgiveness. We are talking about turning our backs on these things, fighting against the desire to do these things for by whatever means necessary, God, I will serve you. So we repent. Third thing we need to do is to ask the ones that we have offended. If we've offended anyone for forgiveness, we ask God for forgiveness. And now we go to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And if we've offended or harmed anyone, we also will ask them for forgiveness. And fourth, not last, and simply there's like, there's so much more we can do, but these are our four points for today. We are going to follow Romans 6 verse 15 to 23. That's what we just read here. And we are going to be slaves to righteousness and no longer slaves to sin. Remember, you are called to live a life to a higher standard than those who do not serve God. You live your life to honor God, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you so that your life is an example of obedience to God. 
Heavenly Father, as we come before you once more, we just ask you, Father God, to help us as your people to let our light so shine that others would see it and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Help us, Father God, every day to continue to aim to be perfect like you are. Help us, Father God, every single day to say no to the desires of our flesh and yes to your will and to your way. We ask you even now, Father God, we invite you into our hearts, into our minds. We ask you to cleanse us of all immorality and everything that grieves you, Almighty God. This day, we ask you to move, Father God, in a way that we have never felt your presence before, that we would know that we are never alone. You are always with us and you will never forsake us. We ask you for forgiveness of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And we ask you for your continued mercy and your grace. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. Guys, we're done for today, but thank you for joining me. Visit us on Instagram and TikTok at Touring with God, and I will see you next week, Tuesday at 9 a.m. Now, remember, if you need a Bible, please reach out to me at touringwithgod at gmail.com. That's touringwithgod at gmail.com. I'll see you next week. Bye.